0: Hello, friend. I'm Micah McCurry, and you're listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I greatly appreciate the fact that you would join me again today. Those of you that had the opportunity to listen yesterday may recall that I kind of left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and I acknowledge that. That is a little bit unfair of me. Many times people aren't always able to listen every single day, but keep in mind that before I dive back into that account and we figure out what was different about D.L. Moody's preaching from that Sunday morning in England to Sunday night, I'll give a quick recap. Don't you worry for those of you that maybe missed yesterday's broadcast, but remember, if you ever do miss a broadcast of the Bible Tract Echoes radio program, you can find the video version of this broadcast on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for Bible Tracts, Inc. Bible Tracts, Inc. Or if you are more of an audio type person, you can find it on your favorite podcast player. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes on your favorite podcast player, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this radio broadcast. Now, Let's return to where we were at. Let's see here. I believe we were talking about the fact that Mr. Moody, after the great Chicago fire of many years ago, had been impressed upon by the people of his church to take a sabbatical. And so he went over to England anticipating a restful time, a refreshing time. And so he gets over there and he is immediately met on the docks By the people of a church, a large church in England, that wanted him to preach. He really didn't want to preach, but he was so moved that he preached. Well, he preached Sunday morning, that following Sunday morning there in England, and it was a dismal service. Absolutely pitiful. No one moved, no one was moved in any way, shape, or form, physically or spiritually. And so he thought, I don't want to do this again. And so he told the leadership of the church, I don't want to preach tonight. And they impressed upon him and said, Yes, please, Mr. Moody, we'd love to have you preach again. And so he did, not anticipating much better results. Well, God moved in a great way. Hundreds of people responded to the salvation call. Hundreds of people accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior at the conclusion of that service. God was glorified. New new converts, people going to heaven. What a joy. But the question is, What changed? And so, as a sleuth, as a detective, D.L. Moody decided to uh, do a little bit of investigating. He wanted to figure out. Sunday morning, dismal. Horrible, actually. Not worth the time he spent preparing for that message. But Sunday night, now the same man preaching. And honestly, though he did not really desire to preach when he was met on those docks, Mr. Moody, he came with the same fervor. He came with the same passion. He was a mighty man of God in his day, and he preached the same way. What changed, though? Sunday morning to Sunday night, just a few hours later. And so he began to ask around. And sometime towards the middle of the week, he got a clue. He was given a lead. And so he went to not quite a slum, but a definitely difficult area of London, knocked on a door. And a woman answered the door, younger woman, maybe in her 20s, early 30s, or thereabouts. She answered the door and immediately recognized him for who he was and invited, please come in, Mr. Moody. And he told her, kind of the Reader's Digest version of the story I told yesterday and brought you up to speed on today. And said, I've been trying to figure out what was the difference and my search brought me to you. Meanwhile, she had served him tea, and they'd had a few finger foods and things like that, and into the room wheeled that woman's sister. I say wheeled and not walked because that young lady did not have the use of her legs. She was a term we would call a cripple. She was disabled. And by the standards of that day, realize that though we have all sorts of disability laws on the books these days, uh, Back in that day, they did not have the same protections, if you will, and so this lady, this sister, had lived a difficult life, though her sister, the able-bodied woman, had had taken care of her as well as she could, and they told the story, the two of them. Actually, the the walking sister, the one that could, the one that was getting up to get the tea, the one that was fulfilling Mr. Moody's every need, the one that... Seemed to have the most use of her body, the one that could be used, if you think of it that way. She said on Sunday morning, she was so pleasantly surprised to be sitting in her pew at the church and to see that Mr. Moody was announced as the speaker. She had not known that he was in town, and she she sat through that service. And in her heart, though Mr. Moody might not have realized it, uh, God did a work in her heart to some degree, but... Though she acknowledged the service did seem to be a little dry. Not Mr. Moody's preaching, but the response to it. She said she came home and walked through the door. The keys jangled in the door, and her sister met her in the kitchen. She began to prepare lunch. And she said, wouldn't you know, sister, she said to her sister in the wheelchair, wouldn't you know, Mr. Moody was with us this morning, and he spoke for us. And her sister absolutely began to gesture and just into a flurry of activity, began to wave her arms and said, out, sister, out. You must leave me. I will not be eating lunch today. And she tried to figure out what's going on. And she said, sister, what are you talking about? Her sister normally meek and quiet and not so much of a, of a boisterous person. And she said this, and this was the clue, this was the lead, this was the solution to the mystery that Mr. Moody was looking for. The sister said, on behalf of her sister, sitting right there, she said, my sister told me, I have been praying for Mr. Moody to come to our country to speak at our church for months now. I've fasted. And I've prayed that God would do a great work through Mr. Moody's preaching, that he would come to us. Even though I know he has a very busy work there in Chicago, I pray that he would come to our place, to our town and preach for us. Now realize this, friend, let me parenthetically insert this, that young lady in that wheelchair, because of her quote unquote disability, was not even able to go to church. She was not able to physically attend her church. And yet, there she was praying and fasting. And she said, today, this afternoon, speaking of that Sunday, she said, I won't be eating any meals for the rest of this day. I must pray for Mr. Moody's preaching tonight. I believe, as did Mr. Moody, that God heard the prayers of that young woman. I believe that in spite of what we would call a disability, God used that young lady in a marvelous way, and the Spirit of God swept through the preaching of Mr. Moody, and dozens and hundreds received Christ, and it sparked a mini-revival, if you want to call it that, many nights of meetings, not just on normal church days like Sunday. And people came from all over to hear Mr. Moody preach, but I believe it wasn't necessarily Mr. Moody. They thought they were coming to hear D.L. Moody, but in reality, I believe the Spirit of God was moving in their hearts and minds because they needed to hear about the God of not only D.L. Moody, but the God of that young lady. I bring us to the book of Genesis, chapter number 18, verse number 11. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. Remember that God had just promised Abraham on two different occasions that they would have a child, even though Abraham was 100 years old, and even though Sarah was 90 years old, they were going to have a child. The first time God told them, Abraham laughed. And the second time here, verse number 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old, and God concludes by saying, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Can I tell you, friend, in spite of your disability, physical or otherwise, God can and will, but he wants to use you. But oftentimes, God will not use an unwilling vessel, an unwilling tool. How sad would it be for us to get to heaven and for God to lay out vistas of what could have been had we only decided to allow him to use us? We all have things in our lives. We all have inconveniences. We all have what Paul might have called a thorn in the flesh. We all have disabilities in one way or another. But in the eyes of Almighty God, we are all created equal. I think back to actually just a night or two ago, we were at a church in central Illinois, and they were kind enough to help us with a project of ours. We often assemble newsletters and things like that. If you'd ever like to come by and help us with that, we'd love to. And if you'd like to get on our newsletter list, you can do that by investing in our ministry. We send them out to our donors every quarter. But they were helping us assemble them. Oftentimes, we'll put a new tract or a gospel tract in there that we want to feature. We'll put an envelope on there as well, in there as well, a remittance envelope that people like to give to our ministry. And then we'll tab them. We'll put little plastic tabs on them to hold them together as they go through the mail. And we'll put out thousands of them. Praise God. God has given us, blessed us with many partners like yourself that invest our ministry. But towards the end of the evening, a young lady came up to me. And without going into detail, the world would call this young lady disabled. And I had the opportunity to have a conversation with her for just a few moments. I won't share her name for privacy's sake, but I had the opportunity there and then to see her hug her pastor. And she hugged him from the side there and he put his arm just on her shoulder and hugged her back for just a moment. And to see her be such a valued part of that church, good night, it did something for me. But then to see her be there on a special night, not a church night, but a special night for people to come and just help one of the ministries that their church supports put together a newsletter. To see her be there and to see her have a part in that. Can I tell you, friend, God wants to use you. Two, it doesn't matter what you think your problem is. It doesn't matter what your circumstance of life is. God wants to use you. Can I encourage you to be used of God? There are so many different ways. One of the easiest, one of the quickest, one of the ways that you could be used right now, today even, is you could go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org. And you could order some gospel tracks to hand out, to leave behind you like little breadcrumbs as you walk the trail of life. Let me encourage you to use gospel tracks. That's such a simple way, such an easy way for God to begin to use you. But friend, you've got to be available. You've got to be available for God to use. We're going to continue this thought. We're going to continue about why and how God can use you despite some things we believe about ourselves. My prayer is that you have a great day for his glory. Join us tomorrow on the Bible Tracked Echoes radio program. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tracked Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated.